Hey, y'all. So before we start this episode, I just wanted to say that this is a Patreon episode that we pulled from the archives. And our Patreon episodes aren't quite as family friendly as our main channel episodes. So my suggestion would be listen to this episode um, prior to letting any kids listen to it or anything like that, because there might be some not quite so family friendly stuff in the episode. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy and let's get this started. So now we've got an episode on predictions that are just hilariously wrong. Like we, we've talked about <laughs> predictions before and, and we've we've done some something like this before, but these are always fun. Um, so I thought we could go over these. Now, the the first one is kind of a two parter, Matt. So. The okay. first part is cars are just a fad. So in 1903, <laughs> right? So in 1903, the president of Michigan Savings Bank warned Henry Ford's lawyer, Horace Rackham, uh, to protect his money. Quote, the horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty, a fad, he advised. Well, on that note our brains won't be able to keep up with them. In 1904, the New York Times reported on a debate in Paris between a brain specialist and a physician about the dangers of driving automobiles at high speeds because the brain can't keep up. Now, quote, it remains to be proved how fast the brain is capable of traveling, reads the article. If it cannot acquire an eight mile per hour speed, then an auto running at the rate of 80 miles per hour is running without the guidance of the brain, and the many disastrous results are not to be marveled at, unquote. So, Why eight miles an hour? Because that's as fast as a fast as human can run? I guess that's as fast as he thought the brain could go. Is And what I think is funny is that people think, and thought at one time, that your, your brain traveled eight miles an hour. I mean, I don't... So how, yeah. how does that even work? Your brain thinks. Mine does sometimes. <laughs> right, right. But <laughs> I just think it's funny that then, oh, no, the brain isn't going to be able to keep up with an 80 mile an hour car. You know, we, that makes me that makes me think of uh, we were running indie races at that time. <laughs> oh, it makes me think of the, when they talk about it being a fad. It makes me think of a. I've probably mentioned this before. I, I have a tendency. Amanda can vouch for this to tell the same story multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so, if I've said this on the show before, I'm going to say it again. There was a Saturday Night Live skit about uh, years ago about this bank, this real prestigious bank that thought that internet banking was a fad. Yeah. But we thought this internet, you know, was it was just a fad, you know, and they're talking and all these, uh, you know, we we never thought it would catch on. 
Uh, it, was a, it was like, so when it came time to choose a domain name, you know, the, there there weren't a lot of options. <laughs> and it was like something like, you know, some bank. Like I remember you know, this one. And it says their web address. It's like www.clownpenis.fart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, just fad. a fad. Just like cars. Cars were just a fad. <laughs> All right, so the next one is everything will be made of steel. Now, this says Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, but he couldn't be right all the time. In an interview with the Miami Metropolis in 1911, he went all in on America's booming steel industry and predicted, quote, the baby of the 21st century will be rocked in a steel cradle. His father will sit in a steel chair at a steel dining table, and his mother's boudoir will be sumptuously equipped with steel furnishings, converted by cunning varnishes to the semblance of rosewood or mahogany or any other wood her ladyship fancies. So, we should, everything should be steel, Matt. Can you imagine? No. Do you know what? (laughs) live on... You live on a third floor apartment and you've got this damn steel chest yeah. of drawers you gotta try to lug well, up. Think there. about how how much bracing the floor of your house would need. <laughs> just to hold up your bed. Oh and, no, it wouldn't, because the floor of your house would be made of steel. Oh, that's true. That's true. It would be steel. <laughs> Never mind. My bad. Okay. <laughs> so, Everything would be so cold. Yeah, it would. And you couldn't walk because you'd have a steel floor. You couldn't walk out of the, the bathroom on a cold night. Listen, I'm telling you, I I did. A, I had a little summer, a little short summer job. I mean, short. I only worked there for like a few days. Um, a, a friend of mine's dad said. You were uh, stripping again, weren't you? Uh, well, yeah. And that <laughs> pole was made of steel. Exactly. See, and, tie in. <laughs> now, I worked at like. I worked at a tool and die for like maybe a week, you know, and the little workstation they made for me for what I was there to do was, you know, just this little makeshift. But the, the, the stool that I sat on was like made of made of steel that had been just Uh welded together in the shape of a stool. Yep. Now, let me tell you something about sitting on a steel stool. It Hemorrhoids. will turn it will turn your ass into hamburger. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, all I'm doing is sitting on it and I'm, you know, just my my jeans or whatever. I'm like, this is awful. Yeah. I had like and I that, had to go find like pieces of cardboard to sit mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> like, this well, that is made me think ever. Uh, and, and I, I said hemorrhoids, and that just made me think randomly. Um, I was at work a while, you know, a couple of years ago, listening to the song "Angry Chair," um, yeah, by Alice in Chains, and I realized that that song was about having hemorrhoids because every <laughs> chair is angry at that point. Uh, but steel uh. is like five pounds per foot, so if you can imagine. Having a five foot table made out of steel. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> All right. This next one hits kind of close to home for where I used to work. Um, 
Recorded music will destroy all musical ability. In 1906, composer John Philip Sousa warned the world about, quote, the menace of mechanical music in an article attacking machines that brought symphonies into people's homes. He bemoaned the fact that fewer and fewer cheap lutes were being purchased, quote, all because the automatic music devices are usurping their places. And he foresaw a dire era in which, quote, music can be heard in homes without the labor of study and close application and without the slow process of acquiring a technique. And it will simply it will be simply a question of time when the amateur disappears entirely and with him a host of vocal and instrument teachers who will be without field or calling. Hmm. So. Recorded music, those CDs that you've got, they're killing the well, music industry. I can, I, I guess I can kind of see where he's coming from, that the only way you had music in your home before was if you had somebody that knew how to play an instrument. Right. And and with this, there was like, oh, well, we, we can have music in our home, so we don't have to teach little, little Nell how to play the piano. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so she grows up not knowing how to play the piano. Now, it has decreased our amount of musicians, but it hasn't killed them. It hasn't killed them, you know. In fact, to this day, when I, I wish that my parents had pushed me into piano lessons, but no kid wanted to go to piano lessons because guess when you had to go to piano lessons? During recess. Sure. So you missed recess once a week to go to piano lessons right. at school. That's the way it was at my school. And no no kid wanted to do that. Although a lot of kids did, that's how we knew that's how it worked. Right. But as an adult, I I I wish they had done that. There's a lot of things that I wished I had learned when I was a kid that I thought I was too cool to do then. Well, you know how to play a musical instrument. That's a couple, but that's, I wish I knew more. <laughs> that's, that's the point I'm making is I, I wish, like, I just got my granddad's trumpet. Um, yeah. He bequeathed me his trumpet here recently. And I told Ashley, I said, I'm going to learn this, you know, because I used to play brass instruments. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to pick this up and learn the trumpet. So for a while, I'll be irritating everybody with this trumpet, but... Of of all the the instruments you could have, your granddad could have had. Mm-hmm. You know, it had to be a trumpet. I know that's what's going through Ashley's head. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know he he couldn't have been like a saxophone player or you know or well, something quiet. <laughs> no, it had at to least. be had to be a trumpet. I've got to hear you know young Louis Armstrong over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> at least it wasn't a harmonica. Those things are irritating to practice. <laughs> Uh, Until you're good at a harmonica, it's irritating. Trust me, I've tried to learn. It's like banjo players. Oh, yeah. Mandolin. You're either, you're either Buck worse. Owens or you're shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, mandolin is one of those instruments that within a group of instruments, it sounds good. But as soon as you start playing a mandolin by itself, it hits some chord in me that makes me want to rage kill. I don't know what it is. But when I start hearing that ming, 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 of those really high-pitched strings, <laughs> nope, yeah. I'm done. Not the, not the biggest fan of Ricky Skaggs, huh? Within, an, <laughs> within a band, he's fine. 
But if he were to come stand in front of me and start playing, nope. <laughs> Ricky Skaggs and Bill Monroe at a live acoustic concert. <laughs> Considering where I worked, man, I heard those names way too often. <laughs> we we actually did mandolins for Skaggs and, and stuff for Bill Monroe. So I, I know. Horrible. Love you guys, but horrible. Horrible instruments. <laughs> So th- this next one is electricity is just a fad. Um, <laughs> electricity. Yep. Well, Junius Morgan told this to his son, J.P. Morgan. Um, J.P. hired Thomas Edison to wire up his mansion, making it the first private residence in New York to have electric lighting. Well, luckily for his bank account, J.P. Morgan didn't listen to his dad and invested heavily in Edison, eventually financing GE, General Electric. Right. But had J.P. listened to his dad, who knows where General Electric would be right now? I don't know. It's a different time. I mean, I can imagine how how just shocking it would be to walk into a house and see electric lights. Right. You know, but. Also, how amazingly cool it would be I'd invest just to in walk it too. into a house at that time with electric lights right. and be able to go, oh. Yeah, look, I can turn it <laughs> off is, and on like this. Yeah, this I don't is have a to go, game changer. <laughs> right? All right, Matt, you'll like this one. All women will be giants. <laughs> In 1950, Associated Press writer Dorothy Rowe used what she called scientific evidence to predict that by the year 2000, all women, no matter what, would be six feet tall. Quote, her proportions will be perfect, though Amazonian, because since science will have perfected a balance, a balanced ration of vitamins, proteins and minerals that will produce the maximum bodily efficiency, the minimum of body fat, she wrote. So, according to Dorothy, all women should be six, seven foot by now. Yeah. Well, thank thank goodness they're not. Yeah, they they would dwarf you. (laughs) You ever you ever date a woman that's taller than you? No, I haven't either. Not not out of choice. There's just I don't meet very many. Yeah, I don't meet. I've I've met some. Oh, I have too. I but I, I've I've not met many, and the ones that I've met weren't interested in me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I've not met many women over six foot two, so it's difficult. All right, so the next one is cleaning the house will require only a hose. So, Waldemar Comfort, the science editor of New York Times, wrote in 1950 of, quote, miracles you'll see in the next 50 years. One of those miracles involved housekeeping. Comfort described the life and chores of a future housewife named Jane, Jane Dobson. He said, quote, when Jane Dobson, Jane Dobson, that's hard to say. When Jane Dobson cleans house, she simply turns the hose on everything. Why not? Furniture, upholstery included, rugs, draperies, and unscratchable floors, all are made of synthetic fabric or waterproof plastic. Nah, After, they're all made of steel. Yeah, right. <laughs> After the water runs down a drain in the middle of the floor, later concealed by a rug or of synthetic fiber, of course, Jane turns on a blast of hot air and dries everything. So Seems 
That's terrible at it. You know, just hose it all down, Matt. Okay. I, I need to do that to my own house. <laughs> right? I can't. I can't. It's not made of <laughs> synthetic fabric. Yeah. All right. Well, as far as you know. Yeah, as far as I know. All um, those nog, all those nogas that had to die to make my couch. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Telephones will never catch on. In 1876, the president of Western Union, Will, William Orton, dismissed phones as a quote toy when Alexander Graham Bell offered to sell him the patent for a hundred thousand dollars. According to True West magazine, Orton wrote an internal memo stating, quote, the idea is idiotic on the face of it. Furthermore, why would any person want to use this ungainly and impractical device when he can send a message to the telegraph office and have a clear written message sent to any large city in the United States? Mm, yeah. Why? Why would you do? Why, why would you want to pick no. something up and talk to somebody when you could just send a message? Yeah. That's what we've got messenger boys for. <laughs> You sound pretty good. You, know, you you could be in one of those period films. I could be a pompous ass bag. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this last one I got here is TVs aren't really going to be a big thing. Now, the 20th yeah. Century Fox kingpin, Daryl Zanuck, sniffed at the idea of idiot boxes keeping people out of the theater to see his company's productions like How Green Was My Valley and The Grapes of Wrath. In 1946, he predicted, quote, television won't be able to hold on to any market it captures after the first six months. People will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. I don't think so. No. No. In fact, they become a... It's like crack. Yeah. Yeah. He should have no. invested in it, and we could have maybe had the Xanax TVs instead of Zenith. Well, you know what's funny? You know, because TV, the, the TV and the phone thing is... TV and the phone... Oh, wait, that's Benny and the Jets. <laughs> I, you know, I I held out... I held out on the whole smartphone gig. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, the iPhone 4 was the first iPhone I had. And and I had, I had seen I had seen the, you know the original iPhone, you know, I knew somebody that had one. And you know the apps were ridiculous, you know. There there was it it wasn't the the functionality of it didn't appeal to me. In any way, shape, or form, I thought, you know, this is just, you just have a fancy phone with a bigger screen. There's, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no purpose in this now and until I got one. Right. And, and now, you know, I, I'm like, my, my life is tied to this thing, you know, which, which is sad in and of itself, but you know, it, I, I can I can never never be lost, you know. As, as long as I'm not like out in the woods or something, I, I can I can never be lost. I can I can find any anything that I need. I can find right. You know, it, it's in my pocket at all times. Right. You know, even beyond it, it was like everybody's got a computer in their pocket. True, but 
I mean, you can do stuff right there on the fly that you can't really do on a computer because it's unwieldy and it, it takes too long. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see how all the things like, you know, the, the phone being a fad, TV being a fad, even electricity, because at the time, you know, you were going to have just like now, you're going to have early adopters. You're going to have people like, this is dumb. This ain't going to take off. But. You know, everybody's going to predict. I mean, people predicted that the whole idea of a smartphone was dumb. I I, I didn't predict that. I just kind of said the one that's out now, I think, is useless yeah. for me. I mean, I can remember this guy trying to sell me a flip phone that had a camera and was an MP3 player. And I was like, I need a phone that's a good phone. You got yeah. any of those? Yeah. You know, I've got a camera and an MP3 player. <laughs> uh, I hate to tell you this, Matt. They've never had a cell phone that's a good phone. I don't care what you get. That some bitch ain't going to call. You're going to drop phone calls. You miss text messages. I don't yeah. care who your carrier is or where you're at. You're going to, it's going to suck. But my, my, every phone I've owed has always been better at whatever else it did than being a phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can take a, a, you know, a picture from across the street and it looks like I'm right there next to the dog or whatever that I'm taking a picture of. Yeah. But I I'm, I'm talking to you on the phone or Ashley and it's going hey, yep, skip, right. Uh, yeah. 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 I get it. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our uh, complaint department that um, <laughs> the graveyard tells complaint department where we bitch about shit we use every day and still use we need it. A- we need a comic that's got me and you st- standing behind like a counter and Ziggy, you know, standing there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Complaint department. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, if any of y'all are artists and would like to draw a cartoon <laughs> of Matt and I just bitching about stuff, that would be fantastic. Um, we'll put it on a t-shirt. But thank you guys for listening to us complain and to the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> and and thank you for all your support and everything that you've done for us that helps keep us going yeah thanks everybody we appreciate it all right, we'll see y'all